Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo. Welcome, Rob. Uh, good to be here. We have the mono. duet to duet <laughs> today. Mono. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would get their Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, we're going to break open the bread of life and see how the Lord wants to speak to us today. But Rob, before we break open the bread, do you want to just share with us an invitation to the Holy Spirit to help us to see what we're to see and hear what we're to hear? Absolutely. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you for loving us so much that you became one of us. Jesus, thank you for showing us the way to the Father. Thank you for leaving us the gift of the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we're asking you, please, to enter into the space, to open up our hearts and our minds, to hear what we are to hear, so that we can be the sons and daughters that God is calling us to be. That we can be the husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, friends that he's calling us to be. And in this time of, uh, of fall, coming off of summer, it's busy, busy, Lord. So please help us in this time of transition to, to slow down. And I like to pray a prayer for a peaceful spirit uh, as, we, as we enter fall. Please, Lord, slow me down. Ease my pounding heart. Quiet my racing mind. Steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion of my days, grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off, to slow down to see the beauty in your creation, to chat with a friend, to read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that there is more to life than increasing its speed. It is living each moment with you and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart, fearing nothing of this world, as you are my Lord. Grant me rest for my soul, now and eternally with you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And, and now we'd like to do our reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, just the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman 
having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it. And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be more rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, you, to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Uh, Dave, when you, were, when you were proclaiming the Gospel, the, and right up front we hear the word complain. So I circled complain, and then I also circled joy or some form of joy. So you have great joy, rejoice, more joy in heaven, rejoice. Uh, there'll be more, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God. And I just think about times in my life when, when I start to complain, when I start to think of the things I don't have or the things that I think I need that I don't have, whatever, you know, whatever it is that I'm complaining about, it totally sucks the joy right out of everything, right? So there's, there's no joy in me. And if there's no joy in me, there's not going to be anybody that wants to rejoice with me, right? Because, you know, who wants to be around someone who's, who's complaining? Um, so it's just, you know, without even getting into the details of, of the gospel at this point, just from a, a habit perspective, right? Because complaining could be a habit, right? As well as looking at, at the good and the bright side. So I, I, want, to, I want to be one that, that God molds into someone who sees the good, who, who, who accepts the cross, embraces the cross, right? As, as you've said to us many times, or as a beautiful pastor in uh, Elizabethtown here, uh, Father Bernard wrote in his, his bulletin, dance with the cross, right? That in good times, bad times, just really just find the joy, accept the gift of joy, because that's what God wants to give us in, the, in, in, all, in all areas of life, in any situation, any circumstance. So let's uh, let's pray for, uh, for 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 accepting the joy. And it's in that the, the embracing of that cross that God gives us throughout our life that we're formed more perfectly into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Because we're called to learn. When we get attacked, when we get persecuted, stop and ask the Lord number one for the grace to walk it out. Mm-hmm. But then number two, ask what am I to learn through this? And then draw near to Jesus and listen to what he shares with you. I know for me, when I got attacked, you know, with, 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 the, with all the, the negative hatred from the, the Starbarns position that we believe that marriage is between one man and one woman is our Catholic teaching. It's our Bible's biblical teaching. And, and man, the complaints that come out against us, what all come after us was horrible. And I went to the Lord and said, what am I supposed to do with this? And the Lord said, David, you now know these people's name, uh, name, and you know them by their first name. This gives you an opportunity to pray for them. You would not have known these wounded people had this not occurred to you. So instead of complaining about it, instead of taking an offense about it and taking the bait of the enemy, I stopped, dropped, and prayed by name. For each of those people that launched that arrow of hate from wounds within their hearts. So for me, wow, what a what a cross to carry, but not just carry, embrace. Learn through it, share what you learn with others, 
Because at the end of the day, it's love that conquers all. At the end of the day, it's love that conquers all. And earlier this week when we were together uh, in your car, you had a CD on about Padre Pio and his life. And the title was Pray, Hope, and Don't Worry, right? So uh, in, in all aspects of life, pray, hope, and don't worry. You know, God's, God's got it. And even if it seems like there isn't an end in sight, and there's no light at the end of the, t- end of the tunnel, pray, hope, and don't worry. You know, in that word complain, I always say this. <laughs> when you're complaining, you're sitting at the campfire of the enemy. To the right is Satan and to the left is his minions, his demonic minions. Because when you're complaining, he's got you. You're at his campfire. Because the complaining, it came from Pharisees and scribes, people that knew the Old Testament word of God, who spoke it all the time, who dressed accordingly and looked really good outside. Those were the ones that fell prey to the complaining because they had lifted themselves up above a sinner and a tax collector to this prideful, spiritual pride and started complaining and then judging, judging that Jesus sits and eats with sinners, with tax collectors and sinners. So for me, man, I don't ever want to complain. The moment I get that urge, I need to stop, drop and pray for those people. Pray for that situation because I'm telling you, complaining does nothing but get you into a negative, negative cycle. But when you stop, drop, and pray, you're heaping the hot coals of God's love on these people who need cauterized healing in the wounds that exist within their hearts. Earlier in the week, I was at a prayer service, and there's this, uh, this, this gentleman who's just on fire for the Lord. And this, I think, is like the 13th service. It's very simple. It's just, they call it a community prayer service. The first time they got together was around a couple of people that were really seriously ill. So they said, let's get together and pray. And the response was tremendous. So they just had these or have, have, have been having these for the last little while, every two, three months. And I just haven't been able to get to any of them. I went last this past week, took my two sons, and um, it was beautiful. And his... His, uh, his goal, his calling for this one was to, um, to pass the baton, to pass the baton like to the, to the younger generation. So he invited uh, some young men and women to share their faith. He invited them to, to lead the congregation. There was about 300 people there, lead the people in a prayer. So we all had a prayer book, lead the people in prayer. And then from that prayer, launch into just a few minutes of, of what's God doing in your life. Share the journey. And my nephew, by marriage, he married my uh, my niece, who's my goddaughter, was one of the young guys. He's thirty, uh, one of the young guys that that was asked to share a little bit. And Mike uh, is in the, was in the army. He's in the army reserves now, but he was ROTC and then full time. Was in Afghanistan. He flew helicopters, and he shared about the training that he that he had to undergo in case he got shot down and was behind enemy lines, and what they would potentially do to try to squeeze information out of him. And he said part of their training was this mantra of, of L, it's called LTPR, listen, think, pause, respond. And he said, but I like to use pray instead of pause. And, you know, in my life, sometimes my first reaction is anger or judgment, whatever. But, you know, this, this, this tactic that I learned 
to survive in a situation where I'm shot down behind enemy lines, I mean, we can take this into our faith life. Listen, think, pray, respond. I thought that was beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. It was the first time I, I heard him in a public setting sharing about his faith, and uh, I was just so proud of him for doing it. And, um, and I learned, you know, so imagine if we all would truly listen, not just hear, right? Hearing's the perception of sound. Listening is the perception of sound with meaning. So are we truly listening to the people in our lives, right? Most importantly, our Lord, right? But uh, also the people. So listen, think. How often do we just go, 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 right? So there's so many times that, that we, you know, we go from one, one task to the next and we're, we, don't just, we don't give ourselves time just to think, right? So listen, think, and then pray. Pray, invite the Holy Spirit in. Holy Spirit, what, what did you want me to hear? Is there anything that I should be saying now? And then respond, not react, but respond with love. Yes, I know, and you're right, Rob, and I think it's so important. We're called to be led by the Spirit, to surrender our will fully and completely to the will of the Lord, ask for the grace to live in that will every day of our lives, and ask the Lord to draw us into the divine will, that it's not my will be done, but his will be done. And we read the little line here that says, what, and it's a parable by Jesus to these Pharisees and scribes, what man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the 99 in the desert and go after the one until he finds it. He was using an earthly analysis because the Pharisees and scribes would have looked at that one sheep had a value, a monetary earthly value. But Jesus is pointing them down to a sinner. A sinner. What value is the soul of a sinner? It is far greater than any worldly possession. And it brought up a story to me. I was led by the Spirit to a, to a place in Maryland and, and met this, this man and woman who were in their elderly age at that time, but had been family friends. And the Lord put on my heart to help this family, fifth generation, and financially help them, but asked for nothing in return and, and, and brought the Lord into the property and had it blessed and consecrated and all kinds of amazing things. And it was just unbelievable. And the, the mother eventually passed away, you know, and I got to give the eulogy at her, at her funeral. It was unbelievable. And then the father, who really was a lost sheep, he came to the Lord like a little boy. He said, David, teach me how to pray. And I taught him how to pray. And at the end of his life and his deathbed, you know, he said to his sons, David Abel came here and was used by the Lord basically for my salvation. And, and so the man had given his soul to the Lord and came to redemption. It was amazing. Then one day I'm standing in the mirror in my bathroom and I'm like, wow, Lord, I invested a lot of, no, excuse me, I spent a lot of money in that whole venture. Did I do right? And I hear the still quiet voice of the Lord say, well, David, whose money was it? I said, well, it was your money. He said, okay, do you think I spent it or invested it? Oh, I said, you, you invested it. And what do I invest it in, David? Mm. I said, in people. Yeah, he said, in lost sheep. He said, I wanted to answer the prayer of my precious daughter's heart. That was this man's wife, who was a prayer warrior for over 40 years, prayed for the conversion of his soul. I answered her prayer, and I used you as the gift to go there, financially and with my word in your heart, to bring mm. her prayers to be answered, and then... I used you for the salvation of his soul. I got to ask you a question, David. You always say the statement, how much is a soul worth? Was his soul worth the investment of my money that I made? 
And I went, well, yes, Lord, it was. He said, oh, by the way, one other question, David. Did I replace all the money that I invested in short two months? And I went, oh, yes, Lord, you did. He said, then, David, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen. Oh, it's beautiful. That is so beautiful. So, yeah, I'm just picturing the Lord uh, just embracing that lost sheep. You know, when he took his last breath, just, uh, yeah, that the, the, the work that he allowed you to be a part of to, to draw his lost sheep back to him, right? There, there was a, a reunion, yeah. right? There's a reunion and, um, yeah, there's more rejoicing in heaven. So you, you helped, you helped cause a little party in heaven. Absolutely. By, by doing what you did here on you know, earth. And, and every morning, Rob, part of my morning prayer is I pray to be used as an instrument in the salvation of souls. And people say to me, well, you know, how do you hear the Lord that clear? How do you, you know, is that like a daily conversation? Is that every day? So you know what? There's moments where I'm in that divine intimacy and those precious moments occur, but it's right here in the first sentence. Tax collectors and sinners. That's me. I'm a sinner drew near to Jesus to listen. Where do you go to listen to the Lord? Do you take a quiet walk? Do you go, do you have a prayer room? Do you go and you sit quietly in a chapel at adoration? Do you go to daily mass? Do you stay clean and keep your ears unplugged from the nonsense of the world by going to confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, so you can unplug your ears and your heart is brought back to life and you can hear the Lord speaking to you? Because let me tell you what, the more I take advantage of the gifts the Lord's given us as a Catholic, daily mass, holy communion, sacrament of reconciliation, Eucharistic adoration, the more I draw near to Jesus in those gifts, plus taking that time to walk with him, inviting him along to go fishing with me on the drive in the car. I don't want to be dumbed down. I want to listen to the Lord and then Surrender and respond with works of love. Use me, Lord, as an instrument in the salvation of souls. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the divine intimacy the Father wants in through and with Jesus Christ, who is called to live in you. St. Paul says in the letter to Galatians, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. That's the dying to the self. That's the, the dying to the self that we must all go through. So why? So that God can raise us and then we can be fully united with Christ. If we fall to sin, we go back to that sacrament. We get clean. God lifts us up and we stay in the race like St. Paul mm -hmm. says. Stay in the race. Walk it out. Because let me tell you what. No earthly treasure, not a, not a sheep, not, a, not gold, not silver, nothing. Nothing can compare to the value of one soul. And so the more God brings these moments, these divine appointments, and then reveals to me with a heavenly kiss how he used me, all I want to do is say, thank you, Lord, and give him all the credit. Wow. Yeah, the, the long form, this is the shorter form for Sunday. So the long form continues after verse 10 with verse 11 to 32, I believe. And it's the story of the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. So depending on you know the the gospel that's that's chosen, you know, whether it's a shorter form which we just read or the long form, this is beautiful. It's it's all about mercy, right? Uh, so it starts with sheep and then coin and then gets to that one soul, Dave, with the prodigal son. 
and we've all been there, right? We've all, uh, most of us, I can't say all, oh, I've been there, um, that I've turned my back. And I never said, God, I don't believe in you, but I live my life absolutely for me and for just what I was involved in and my own gain or whatever, right? And I wasn't killing anybody. Like, you know, like, like, like some people say, I've said that too. I wasn't killing anybody. I wasn't robbing banks, but I absolutely did not have a relationship with God at all. Showing up for mass just to check the box, had no clue what I was doing. Um, so this, this beautiful image of mercy where the father comes to meet the son. Uh, I was just talking to a guy with tears strolling down his eyes last week and uh, some things were going, you know, not so well in his life. He says, well, I guess this is God paying me back for all the times that I, you know, was, was, was bad or something to that effect. I said, no, that's not how God rolls. That he's, he's like, no matter how far you go, you turn to him. He's right there. You don't have to go back and trudge through as long as you've been away to trudge through to get back to God. He's always there. We just need to turn our hearts and and our on our, our lives towards Him, and He's there. Um, so, you know, for all of us prodigal sons and daughters out there, uh, you know, we could be prodigals in just certain aspects of our lives, you know, where we reject a teaching or we want our own opinion versus obedience. You know, we're, we got a little prodigal in us. Still, just turn. Once we turn, our Lord's there to welcome us, open arms. And you know, that was the revelation I had 15 years ago. The fact that God knew all my sins and he wanted to set me free. Jesus paid the price for my salvation and my freedom, but it was always my free will choice. So this whole key is the rejoicing in heaven by the angels. The rejoicing in heaven is for one sinner that does what? says the words, I believe in Jesus Christ? No, no, no. They repent. It's not either or, it's both and. It's accepting the Lord Jesus Christ and the free gift he offers us, but it's repent of your sin. Go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Get it out. Get set free. And here's another key. There's two verses here. There are two lines here at the end of each of these paragraphs that show us how how does the communion of saints, all the saints in heaven, how do they hear us? How do they hear our prayers? They hear us through God, God the Father, because it's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his ears that are united with us that allows us to hear people on earth. When we cry out to the saints that are in heaven, that's how they hear us, because it says that there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner. That means all of heaven knows of one sinner's repentance. And the angels, all of heaven knows when there's one sinner that repents. So the angels know, the communion of saints know, you know, it's all the other people in heaven. And so that's how for me as a Catholic, oh my goodness, use the whole arsenal. Mm-hmm. Call on the angels, call on the saints. You know, don't miss a beat. They're there for us to help us what? Get home to heaven. Get across the goal line. Stay in the race. Amen, amen. And, and it's such a gift that we have these these opportunities for relationships. There's so many saints that we can get to know learn their life. How did they live? How, what was their conversion story? What did they do? You know, like how did they fall? How did they get up? Uh, they're waiting for us. They're waiting for us to invite them in to our lives, to pray with us, to pray for us. They want nothing more than to be reunited together. God doesn't want to lose anyone, right? So, and all of us should hopefully love what God loves the most, and that's people. Uh, but the saints are there. They're there with God. 
They're there with God cheering us on, but they want to be included. They want to be invited. They want to have a relationship with us. Absolutely. And God wants to use you in the salvation of souls. We're called to be his hands, his ears, his eyes, his heart, his feet. God wants to use you. There is nothing on earth worth gaining. But if God chooses to use you to save one soul, oh my goodness, all of heaven knows it. All the angels know it. It's unbelievable. I'll never forget, we were in a gospel reflection group, and I shared the story when I met with Pastor Rick Warren, and he shared the story of the fact he was at his father's deathbed, and his father, at his last breath and last words out of his mouth, took Rick's hands and said, one more soul for Jesus. So I was sharing this story and sharing you know, about my morning prayer, you know, and, and just really about the prodigal son, how God loves us and is aching for us to turn away from sin and turn back to him. And then he puts the cloak over us, puts our ring on our fingers, invites us into the feast. And so I was done. I go out to my car and a man comes up to me. I've never seen him before. Don't know his name. He comes up to me and he looks me, tears in his eyes. And he said, I believe I'm that one more soul. Will you help me? And then he said, do you think God still loves me? No matter all the sins that I've committed. And I took two fingers and I touched his heart. I said, absolutely. You're his precious son. Don't listen to the nonsense of the enemy who says, God doesn't love you. That's a lie straight from hell. And so this man and I have been on a journey of this man's healing to be set free, to receive the free gift that Jesus offers all of us. If we choose to repent of our sins and walk towards him, this freedom, this salvation, eternity with him in the eternal exchange of love. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So again, these moments, these divine appointments, they're out there every day. Ask God for the gift of the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the heart to respond with love. Let's go be out there as instruments in the salvation of souls. God bless each and every one of you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Hey everyone, this is Jim O'Day with Integrity Restored, and I invite you to join me at our second annual Stewardship Fall Conference on September 18th and 19th. This year's conference features internationally known Catholic speakers, including Father Michael Gately, Damon Owens, Devin Schott, Marty Rotella, Dr. Peter Kleponis, Monsignor John Essef, Megan Murphy, Bishop Ronald Gaynor, plus many more. Come and be encouraged, equipped, and inspired. Learn how to protect yourself and those you love by putting on the full armor of God. 
The conference will be held in Elizabethtown, PA, at the beautiful Stone Gables Estate, which features the historic Star Barn Village. For information, tickets, and lodging, visit stewardshipconference.org. That's stewardshipconference.org or call 717-367-0100. I look forward to seeing you on September 18th and 19th. Until then, as always, may God bless you.